I am unashamed. What about you? So we had a good day yesterday at our service. You know, we did the worship. It's and good. I was gone, so yeah. It was, was, it was good? good. Mike did good. He uh, he was uh, speaking out of John 3, and we did... Uh, you know, we did some some songs that went along with that, but I have to confess. No, I guess I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I did something happened yesterday that I thought was bizarre. So I was going to tell y'all about it. I kind of I thought, should I have done this? You know. <laughs> but so as soon as the service is over, <laughs> all right, and we do our class, and we had a good class, you know, the worship class, and we're actually being. Uh, we're being pretty ambitious. We're going to try to do. There's a song that Johnny Cash actually wrote. I mean, I'm thinking outside the box here. <laughs> Folsom Prison. It's called it? No. Oh, okay. Ain't no grave. And uh, some brothers somewhere, I can't remember where. They took that song, and they basically, because the the theme of the song is "Ain't no grave gonna hold me down." Well, that, okay, Johnny Cash, he he got that one right mm-hmm. as far as you know what we're talking. Then the Helsers who did the song uh, "No Longer Slaves" and the "Raise a Hallelujah," they added a little part to it, you know, uh, which I think goes something like uh, the Helsers. That's your if he that... came out of the grave, I'm walking to or something like that. You know, it's like if he came out of the grave, it's kind of a spiritual, you know, song. So we're going to do that with our class. You know, we presented yesterday. Of course, I told Missy, I was like, we can't do this. What are you talking about? Because we're going to do it a cappella. But, you know, they're talented and they're, they got the energy. And I think when I said we can't do that, well, then it's like, oh, okay, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so we practice. So they're all fired up. We're going to do it for Easter. Okay, good. So, because it's about the resurrection. Yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> so I leave. Well, I'm driving back, and you know how I go through the neighborhoods when I leave where our church building is, you know, because I, I don't know why. I don't know how you drive there, but I don't go down the main roads. I always go through the neighborhoods, cut throughs. Do you do that? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. And so I'm coming down, no, and no I'm speed in there because there, there's a cop that's So it's there. like 11 o'clock, and I pull up to the stop sign in that in that neighborhood, and there's a guy. And the garage is, like, really close to the road. You know, now that they've made four yeah, lanes, right. they're doing road work. This guy, I would say he was 300 pounds, no shirt on, mm. no socks, no shoes, just like little shorty shorts. Ooh. And. That's not a good look. No. He he comes out, but he's close to me as I'm pulling up to the stop sign because his garage, his garage looks like a hoarder's convention. <laughs> It's just stuff everywhere. And I could tell he was sunburned. So, and I'm like, he ain't been to church today. I can tell you that. He just rolled out of bed. You know what I mean? Probably had a few adult beverages, you know. So he kind of turned toward me. I mean, here he is. It's just a lot of humanity in one body here. And he looked at me and I said, it just came out. I couldn't help it. I went, get her done. (laughs) And look. His facial expression did not change. 
Because I thought he was going, I thought he recognized me from Duck Dynasty, so he's looking at me. He thought he was going to like flex or something. I went Larry Cable they got because I thought if there was ever a moment (laughs) to get her done, this is it right here. And he just nothing. And I thought, should I not have said that? And I kind of gave him a thumbs up. Nothing. He's just looking at me. So he wasn't in the mood for whatever. Thought, you, so then all the way home, I'm like, should I not have done that? I mean, was he offended? Was he? <laughs> well, if he was offended, he probably would have charged your truck. So he probably just wasn't in the mood, I guess. I just thought it was a strange occurrence, you know? I, I was exp- with Jace with like, you know, he told a story a few podcasts ago about, remember he went around some woman and said, live. You know, he, he's, well, he's yelling and talking to just You, you know, it's weird that you mentioned that. Somebody heard us, that? heard us talk about that in the podcast, and they said, oh, that's the title of Sadie's book. You were hollering that. I didn't know that was the title of Sadie's book. Is that her new book? It must be her new book. They said she has a book called Live. I huh. was like, well, that's. And you were cross-promoting it and never even well, knew it. The difference between me and Jace. <laughs> Do you is yell it, at people going down the when road? When I'm driving to, to get to a de- destination and some guy's got his skinny dippers on or whatever standing out in the yard and he's got to, and he's staring at people that are coming by, uh, my my mode of operandi would be not to even glance at him. I just drive on by, Jay's. I don't Dale. stop and look and, and say, get her done. Because he's, uh, I'm thinking, no. I Dale, don't as a like, treasure hunter and a metal detector. What you did there, Jay's, was sort of stir into an area that you didn't have to be stirring in, son. What I'm saying is you could have seen this from the moon. This guy comes out and just don't give a rip. I'm like, you're on a major intersection of a highway. Number one, I was thinking, put some clothes on. But then I thought. No, he's out here loud and proud. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so I was going to. In today's gonna... culture, I've trained myself not to become overly involved in those particular situations. <laughs> I just drive on by. Actually, probably speed up just a little bit. That's that's my move. Well, so the, the, so the, I guess the. But I don't holler out anything. The, the get her done. Well, he was looking at you like, who's this? He was thinking you were some fool, and you was thinking he was some fool. So y'all meet. Ooh. I kind of felt bad about it, honestly. Yeah, hey. So I thought, well, you know, if he's a listener, which I'm assuming not, <laughs> I apologize. I was just trying to have some fun yeah, yeah. in the moment. But he didn't get the joke. He didn't get and it. And I thought since I was a redneck, I could say that because that – And but maybe he just didn't realize the image he was portraying. Yeah. Well, let's ponder that question during the break. So one of our favorite uh, sponsors on our show is the folks at Patriot Pantry. Uh, one of the reasons why I love them is, you know, when they sent me the copy to, for us to talk about it, it has a Bible verse on it. I was like, that's my kind of guys. Okay. Proverbs twenty-seven twelve: The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. <laughs> that's a great verse. It's a great proverb. So, so from their perspective, what they're saying is, look, we get in a bind, something bad happens, coronavirus, bad storm, no electricity. People make a run on the grocery store and clean everything out. Lisa and I were just on a trip. I couldn't find any hand sanitizer in the Atlanta airport. Well, Y'all of course know how. not. There's a virus going. It's, it's crazy. But, I mean, just people go nuts, right? They get everything. So Everything with us is good in Jesus, but they're just saying – if you want to be comfortable a little longer yeah. while there's chaos. And you might want to eat. Yeah, I'd just soon not starve. I'm in a pretty safe position because the position I'm in, I don't see but uh, 
a handful of individuals weeks at a time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I drive to town once, or, so I, I don't. But you're weird. Yeah, and well, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. Different. I mean, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I don't interact with many human beings. Well, that's right. Which is why you're perfect for Patriot Supply because yep. you can hold out on some food. So if you need to do this or want to do this, I think it's a great idea. Basically, you stock up. You get a four week supply. They come in these you know bags inside here, and this stuff lasts twenty four, twenty five years. So it's really good. Um, take care. Prepare yourself. Here's how you do it: preparewithfill.com. That's the website. Prepare with Phil. Dot com. You save a hundred bucks off one of these four week supplies, which is really good. Um, they're still honoring the forty five percent off special as well. So, man, you want to get on this? Want to get on this fast? Preparewithfill dot com. Check it out. Save you some money and uh, stock up on your food. So uh, we, we've established the no skinny dippers for dad. Uh, I like these skinny dipper. That That's amazing about of about the, our dad that I've been around you since <laughs> I was you know. Born, pretty much, give or take a month or two. And Phil's always saying something every day that I've never heard him say before. I've never heard the term skinny dippers. <laughs> well, you said you said tight pants. No, he had shorty shorts. Shorty shorts. I was shorty shorts to skinny dippers. That that's was a Larry the Cable Guy <laughs> reference, you know. Oh, that's right. And, right. Uh, so I so was. You were keep- staying in Larry the Cable Guy kind of mindset mode instead of uh like get the cell phone out and take pictures of (laughs) of uh stupid human tricks yeah that's what most people would have done i know it what i do is video on youtube i I have a pair of sunglasses on and even when i'm looking at them out of the corner (laughs) of my eye they can't tell where i'm looking and i pretty well just breeze on by in this culture because of the, if you're looking around Dad's for a sit, let be, me see if I can find me a stupid stunt this morning. You don't have to go far. Dad's they're all sounds, around you. Dad's like wanting to be invisible as he's driving through on the going to the outpost that he goes to. Amazingly, I, I get to town once a week, drive up with the brothers, meet with the brothers up there. But other than that, I just don't hang around town. Very rarely am I in town. Yeah. Well, I drive. If I come it. to one of y'all's houses on a, some kind of feed, some kind of celebration, somebody's birthday, y'all Christmas, Thanksgiving. But other than that, I don't drive around towns. I just don't do it. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> going going to outposts where people wear skinny differs. Well, let our audience so, know so. the different different mode of operandi and different kind of people. My but only I'd be really point. interesting to hear from the audience on the My, two because there'll be look, a lot of opinions. If people about think this. that was wrong that I did that. I will apologize. <laughs> but a, from my view, look, I'm in this worship world <laughs> that I'm having all these songs and I'm I'm you know I think about that verse in First Peter that even though we do not see him, you know we're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. You know I, yeah. I I'm worshiping God like He's watching, you know, and listening, yep. and all these positive things. And and so, so you're just engaging people as you come. Well, I mean, and it. I come out of that world. It, it's just like it's it's you know we're just on top of the mountain and i just see this guy and it's like i'm you know it's kind of like when i was talking about from the water to the wilderness you know and i just in a moment of i don't know insanity i just thought 
this guy is loud and proud. Get her done. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll hear from him. But the response that. caused me a hesitation, his lack of a response. You expected and I something. Thought, yeah. I thought he was going to be like, yeah. No, I can't nothing. imagine that I'm even smiling. That is weird. No smile. All right, so this Sunday I'm up so um, at, uh, at our church to preach. So we're going to talk about what I'm going to be preaching about. Which is, look. Of all the things that the problem with going through a book is then you got to cover everything. Right. And if you just went through the book of John and said, you know, pick one topic that you want to avoid as far as preaching a sermon, <laughs> this would probably be that Say, topic. But I'm just the opposite. Like, I was excited because you notice Mike went ahead to John 3. I wanted him to leave this for me mm-hmm. because – I saw something in here I wanted to preach on, oh, and, it, and it's kind of a and it's a, a bit of an allegory type sermon, which we'll get into. Well, give what her, do you mean give by her, allegory? Give her a whirl. Give her a whirl. All right, well, so, hold on. What do we mean by allegory? Because I'm not familiar. An with allegory that. is when you you take something, a story, and then you have an application that's something different, but it's like the story. Did we learn this in school? Well, I did. Yeah. I mean, I, see, we, I never. We were sitting next to each other. There's a lot of things I learned that, that that went right by you. So I've heard two new phrases today skinny dippers <laughs> and allegory. <laughs> and they have nothing to do with each other. Uh, yeah, so we're in John 2 uh, 12 through 25, if you're following along. And by the way, I know a lot of you are. Look, by the way, so I'm in this yesterday, I was in uh, Bel Air, Maryland. And I was speaking at the Oak Grove Baptist Church. Great guys, pastor, and this they got a guy that's over their men's ministry. So they had a beast feast, you know. And we spoke. Oh yeah, they take the wild game. <laughs> yeah, and they had a, so they had a rattlesnake, um, a grill water buffalo water buffalo sliders. I mean, wait a minute, now. what is that? That's a water buffalo. Water buffalo. I don't know where they got a water buffalo, but they had water buffalo sliders. Is that a slang for something? Or is no, that it was an actual Africa? water. Yeah, from Africa. Somebody yeah, went over no, and killed one. Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. Well, and you ate it? No, no, no. Oh. I mean, they were eating it, but you know yeah. us. It's funny because they were like, well, we watched the show. Y'all eat anything. I said, wait a minute. I said, I well, know, I, I tried a nature rat I, I said, once. I said, we portrayed a lot of stuff on the show, so we're very picky. And here's the bottom. I try to say this up front so nobody will be offended. I'm like, we only eat game we clean. So well, no offense to anybody else, but we're just like that. I mean, we always yeah. have been. So, But, yeah, it was, they had all these exotic meats and stuff. Hmm. But there were there were people that came, uh, and, and I know they're watching. So I, I'm sorry I don't remember everybody's name, but from two or three hours away – because they were watching the podcast and listening. Because, you know, I told them on here we were going to be in Bel Air. So, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i talking about six different groups of people, families, whole families. It was really awesome. But did I, I you mean, use Genesis 9 in your speech? I did not. You got to do it at a beast feast. <laughs> well, eh? I know. it's it's, But that's your thing. I, you know, no. It's, I mean, that's God's thing. He. I mean, I think if you do a beast feast, you got to bring Genesis 9. Because you're, you're fulfilling <clears throat> his idea. Because some people are like, I can't believe you know you're eating a rattlesnake. I'm like Genesis nine, it crawl, it's a crawler of the ground. That's right, you know. Which well, have you ever well, tried Dad rattlesnake? Does, Dad does. Oh, I do it every time. Usually, about a, any kind of gathering, especially, I'll be at one next th- uh, next uh, Saturday. Oh yeah, that's right. Fort Worth, Texas, coming yeah, up. That's well, right. It's it's a beast feast. Yeah, I'll allude to that. Either you know Acts ten or 
Genesis 9 or put them both together. Yep, I did the same. I'm going to Michigan. So we're all going somewhere. It's this biblical weekend. to eat meat. It is. And and Dad does the thing out of uh, Acts as well. So that's so, what right, well, wait, so. Before we get to this text, let's take a quick break. So we're always talking about on this podcast, because uh, we've got a wonderful sponsor uh, that's trying to help men keep their hair, uh, that that we don't we don't want to lose it, you know? And yet, I notice every day I get a little bit older, there's a little more in the drain in the shower, so it's just it seems to be happening. So I've definitely got to get on this program. Uh, so Keeps is the name of our company. Basically, what they do is they have a couple of FDA-approved hair loss products that you have to take. So, you know, you got to go to their website, you got to get a little consult, make sure that you're able to take this, uh, uh, take these meds. So if you want to check it out, it's keeps.com because we don't want you to lose your hair if you want to try to hang on to it for sure. Uh, keeps.com slash door to get your first order 50% off. If you check it out, keeps.com slash door, keep your hair. So let's get back to the text. All right. So, uh, Anyway, we appreciate everybody, you guys coming to see us. Um, I'm hoping one day we can do a – Zach and I have been talking about us doing a live podcast somewhere with an audience. And so we're working on that for somewhere down the road, which I think would be a lot of fun, you know, to do one with people there, which I think would be cool. Um, okay. John 2, uh, so here's the setting. You know, we've kind of been following the narrative. We The last time we talked from the book of John, we talked about that wedding where we had the water into wine. That's my thought is – he he does two things that I think are kind of they represent two cultures. This is the way I've always looked at it. You had a wedding party type atmosphere, and he made an impression there. Right. Well, then you go to the <coughs> polar opposite, which is the synagogue, temple, the temple yeah. crowd. Right. And now we make an appearance here. I mean, I think that is a good thing to keep in mind. As far as well, I think the key to understand the context of this is understanding this is at the beginning. I mean, in other words, he's just coming out. This is kind of like his coming out party. So it is interesting <clears throat> that Look at the size of that barge going down. Oh my goodness! But can you, I, I don't know if you can see that on if the. If you camera. get a shot of that, where else can you do a podcast talk about spiritual things? And then the biggest barge I've ever seen in my life. It's almost as wide as the whole river. Look at that. That's that's a doozy. So you know, this is a hard turn right here, isn't it? Normally, I guess when the water curve, it's a very sharp curve. We've had them run aground here. Yeah. Remember that through oh. the years. You remember the time, Phil, that in the middle of the night you heard that barge, and you went out there, and it, and it had literally torn your nets up. And he it, he got over on the bank with his propeller too close to the bank, and he destroyed about a thousand dollars worth of trammel net webbing. I came up there, and they were just torn from their moorings, gone. I had, like, nets all the way across the river. Well, he was just going. It was foggy, so he was bouncing off the banks. Or he had been. And taken up or whatever. <laughs> Don't drink and drive. And, <laughs> applies. And so I, I I knew he the barge was heading north, so I called some people up north, up the river here, you know, 20, 30 miles, and, and uh, to find out where he had docked. Well, when I located the barge, I said, uh, I called them up. I said, y'all got that barge that come in there about 3 o'clock this morning sometime or another? You know, and the guy said, yeah, he's out there, you know, unloading <laughs> fuel or whatever, hauling gasoline yeah. on the barge. And I said, well, I need to talk to that captain of that boat. 
And he said, okay, let me get him. So I got on there. I said, you the captain of that boat to come up through here last night? And he said, yeah. I said, it was foggy, wasn't it? He said, yeah, boy, was it. I said, in fact, you were bouncing off both both banks all the way up this thing, tearing up trees, running over trees. And I said, you also got into my nets. And I said, I make a living fishing. You make a living driving a barge. Foggy night, I can understand how you go over. I said, but you wiped all my nets out. And I said, on your way up. And I said, I'm out about a thousand bucks after that after that stunt you pulled. I said, uh, you going to reimburse me for my nets? And he said, Is this a true story? Yeah, it's a true story. I said, You going to reimburse me for the nets? And he said, Hey, that that's your problem. I said, No. I said, You got a bigger problem than I have, actually. And he said, Well, how do you figure that? I said, because you're up river and you're going to have to come back down through here. <laughs> I said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to be waiting on you. And I said, you know that thing that twirls on top of your boat? I said, that radar looking thing? I said, I'm going to start there. I said, but it's going to cost no, he you. Was a good, yeah. I so said, this it's going to cost r- you way more <laughs> unless you buy them nets. I said, you tore up. I said, because I've been fishing this river for years. you got to keep that barge I've in the middle of the river. I've never heard story. So anyway. That's what I told him, and, and he said, well you, well, you might need to call the main office. I said, that's fine. What's their number? So I called the main office, and I told that guy, I said, one of your boat captains tore all my nets out of here, and I said, he's claiming he's not going to pay for them. I said, oh, he's going to pay, and you're going to pay. <laughs> so and you went to repent. I said, parish. I reminded him that he's uh, going to have to come back by me down here. I said, no, I don't want to You went the redneck on the riverbank menace. Yeah, approach. so anyway, he said – he said, you know, a few years ago, Mr. Robinson, he said, we'll pay for him. He said, a few years ago, the same thing happened. And a, we tore up a bunch of people, fishermen's nets. And, they, and you know, the, the captain said, no, we ain't paying for anything. He said, man, that, that barge had holes in it. They took the – they shooting high-powered rifles laying up on the bank. He said, we got in a lot of trouble over that one. I said, well – uh, he said, how much are your nets, you know? And I said, I'll check the exact price. And I did and gave it to him. He said, we're happy to help. So he just, Well, so in the spirit of they how paid, to – They uh, paid for the nets. That's in the spirit of how to, how to handle anger, I'm not sure the what would Jesus do principle here was followed. I had uh, – uh, that was when I was young in the faith, and I was a little bit – Belligerent. It's yeah. too belligerent. Okay. <laughs> but it worked out well, and, and they did what was right. <laughs> Which makes it okay. So well, of, I never sort of. said. I just said, you have to come back by me. And, and Well, the implication. You, never, you, you, didn't, you didn't make a threat, but you had an implication that it might be. I, I laid the groundwork to where he understood what I was saying. Well, I'm right. fine with it now that you said I was young in the faith. <laughs> and you probably could have handled that better. I didn't realize that that had happened before. And they had gotten into a lot of, you know, commercial fishing is hard work, and it's not a lot of money in it. Right. Well, you were so, mad, too. Huh? And you were mad. I was. You're angry. And, I mean, we're talking about being angry and sending not. You might have blurred the line there with the threat that was implied. But he was acting like a horse's butt, sounds like. I mean, he did he tear up your nets. That's your livelihood. That would be like. Going to a plumber and destroying all he of his knew equipment. That, yeah, he knew that he had, you know, because uh, things like boat docks and stuff on the on the bank of the river, sometimes they get over in them and they, they have to pay for it. I mean, the barge gets away from them. Well, a lawsuit, you'd have won. The pretty swift, and they're going left and right, you know, but you need to keep the thing out there a reasonably 
reasonable distance from the bank because if you don't, you'll run over people's boathouses, their camps. You know, well, I bet you. Nets. I bet you when he looked at his propeller, your net. He what? said that. Oh, he said that. He said that. He said, well, I noticed I had a huge ball of net on my propeller. We had to get With some guys. To well, you got to him. Go you, got, you didn't need the, you got to come back by. Well, but that. he did that because the guy's like, you know. Yeah, he said, hey, you, you know, you're the one that's got the problem. Hey, you, it's so your like, problem, not Speaking mine. of get her done. No, <laughs> you have a problem, too. So I just made a little. Was he wearing there. skinny difference? <laughs> I don't know, but it worked out. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, so this story, thanks, Jays, for Squirrel, you know, looking outside and, and yeah. getting into that. Well, I didn't mean to disrupt, but I was like, I don't think that's ever happened before while we've been I've never heard talking. that story. That's that's an amazing story. Uh, but it, it sort of applies to what we're talking about because we talked about anger last time. And this is a situation where Jesus gets angry. You know, I mean. And he didn't <laughs> sin. He didn't sin. Which, you know, in your anger, don't sin, as the, we, we established as the biblical principle. But this is, we happen to be in one of those stories, which is kind of the gist of my sermon, Jace, is that sometimes things should bother us to want to make change. So okay, the name of my I lesson, like that. My lesson is sometimes you just got a clean house. He, so I that's noticed, the allegory. I noticed he didn't direct <clears throat> any of the things he did toward the people. He was directing it toward the tables, the right. money. The, what was going on there? Right. You know, exactly. You know, what they know, had. Well, what, well, here's what it happened. Romans twelve says, "Hate what is evil, not who is evil." Right. Hate what is evil. Right. Cling to what's good. So this is one of those situations. That's a very. That's a very. Oh, good point. Yes. Well, I was just going to say, you can't violate the fundamental in your doctrine or your religion or your your stance on what happens at a church building. You can't violate the overall characteristics of God, which is he loves everybody. That's correct. So no matter what you think or you came up, he lo- he loves everybody. Uh, he, he committed no sin. Right. So people who then start trying to argue here that, oh, would you, you know, well, he committed no sin. So whatever he did was righteous. Was was good, right. but you know you've had these silly arguments. It was righteous religion. indignation. It I mean. was, but I've had people say, "Well, you can't." I, I mean, just go with me on this. They'll use this passage to say you can never make a transaction of any kind in a church building. Oh yeah, they go the full other bit. Well, because they're so, <laughs> uh, they cleared out the temple here. Well, what? No, wait a minute here. (laughs) This is a totally different situation and context. But it does have a lesson in it, in my opinion, that you you never want to turn Christianity into a money-making enterprise for yourself. Exactly, which is what they were doing. But look, always remember this. I mean, if you think about it, uh, modern-day American Christianity, uh, you reckon some people are in it for the money out? Mean, just a question. They are. <clears throat> and that's part of the reason he's talking about it. And again, you got to go back to what was the purpose? Why did, Why was there a tabernacle or a temple? I mean, those are those were God established. We can go back in the Old Testament. And God, not only did he say, build me one, he gave them the dimensions. He gave them what goes in it. I mean, down to the exact, where, this is where you set this. This is where you set that. There's a curtain in here. You can't go in there. This guy can go in there. These three can't. There's only one guy that can go. I mean, temple worship was very specific from God. Rule and regulation. Rule and regulation. But here's the thing. Here's what Jesus knew. This is what upset him. So the purpose of all that 
was two things. One is that God is to be worshipped there. In other words, his presence with mm-hmm. them was was linked to this place. It was linked to the tabernacle and to the temple. And they had this room in the middle called the most holy place. And so the idea was is that this is the closest you're going to get to my physical presence with you. The focus of that whole uh, man-made enterprise right. was – the and then quest for money, and then that's what happened. So what happened is, and the reason I think you got money remember, is a root of all kinds of evil. So the context the was, yeah. you got we're here to worship. Number one, mm-hmm. and then number two is there was a connection of the worshipers. The idea was that they all would come there, so everybody had to come once a year. It was part of the law. That's why Jesus, in this context, is going down to Jerusalem. All Jews had to go to Jerusalem. Now they got all out of whack because they had. Two places in Samaria and a lot of history, but the idea was once a year you come here, and the idea was when they all came together, there was something powerful about that. I mean, they didn't all come at the same time, but there was something powerful about being together. So, in a worship context <clears throat> for today, I mean, there is something powerful for us in that. I mean, when we come together, the idea should yeah. be focus on God, you know, focus yep. on well, Christ. Yeah, and have a worship experience. And I think He knew their hearts. Because he, he says that in 2.25. I brought that up when he was talking about uh, to Nathaniel. Right. But it was more in the context of here. I mean, here's the temple courts. We're gathering up to worship God. They're just trying to make money. And now there's, you know, I thought about when they're selling the doves because now the dove has become infamous. They probably heard about that. <laughs> oh, it's carried the Holy Spirit, you know, down. And so now... Instead of saying, oh, the Holy Spirit was given to somebody, you know, they're like, let me start selling doves. You see what I mean? And I think that's kind of the take on it. They were just looking at the excitement of of hearing maybe about the miracle and hearing about there's, you know, all these people that are being baptized, John, and then Jesus' followers, all the people that were being baptized. I think there was a buzz going on, and they were turning it into – a way to make money. The, no, I, the I think, modern day internet is a picture of the lengths that human beings will go to in order to make a buck. The somebody said, "Good night." It's a pandemic, coronavirus. Here it is, and all these ads and all this stuff start popping up on the internet on on people selling you whether it be masks or medical supplies and claiming they're with the government and donate this amount of money. I mean, look, they, the, the Internet will turn any kind of crisis <clears throat> or any kind of anything into a money-making enterprise at the drop of a hat, Al. I but mean, the number one, the persecution against the church is, well, they just want my money. Yeah, would you agree? That's I mean, what like, you hear. People I study with, they're like, oh, they're – well, look, and it's true in a lot of – religions a religious that's setting. the reason i don't you, you take any I mean? any yeah. money from the brothers when i'm up there when i'll drive up on sunday morning i was there yesterday uh just a couple hundred people in there but you say are you charging them anything i would not charge them one nickel but some people do and it's fine hey but worker deserves his wages right. but i mean i'm so uh aware of what people will do in the way of making money that I'm I just well, I, I made it my own personal policy. You don't owe me anything on this. I think the money side of this was it was a problem, but that wasn't 
the major problem. It wasn't that, that it was just the money. What happened was because people had always there, you know, there had to have been. The only reason saying, well, why were they selling this stuff anyway? Because of the sacrifices that they made. The, but the idea was is that you brought your stuff and sacrificed it to God. That's what he asked for in the Old Testament. Again, oh, that's where knowing that. Yeah, so what I'm saying is these people thought. So now it's just I just show up. I hadn't brought anything. And so I just I'm going to buy something to go in and make my sacrifice. Yeah, it's like easy. It, yeah, yeah, what happened was it was the convenience and the lack of the heart that created the industry inside the temple. See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You but know, this is pre Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection, so it's kind of a legalistic. It is setting, and rightfully so. So what? But, so I'm saying is, so a lot of that doesn't apply to us today. We don't have a temple. We don't. Right. Up. That was my point. Right. You, you know, Which people like go it hard. here. People go here. And use something exactly. post Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. I'm like, you've completely, you're you're trying to apply something that has nothing to do right. with what we're doing now. Now the principle there, okay, maybe, right? You know, but but which still, is, you can't look at it legalistically. Which is why my sermon out of this is more of that big picture about what do we bring to what, what do we bring to the Almighty, and if we're coming to God. And we're holding on to things that we hadn't cleaned out. Because here's the thing. Jesus, I mean, he was upset. And, and when he got upset, he cleaned house. He, he went in. He's turning over tables. You know, I mean, like he went off on the setting because they had turned God's worship experience that he had told them to do. And remember, he is God. So he's offended by what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they're worshiping him, too. You see what I mean? Yep. All right, before we get to this next verse, let's take a quick break. So, Dad, it's interesting. I, I ran across uh, these folks that uh, it's called Bespoke Post is the name of, of their company. What does it mean? So I looked at their items. So they basically have a box of gifts uh, that they send you. They call it the Awesome Box. And it's basically every month it comes in. So it's all these different things. You know, we got some of our other folks that send us stuff, but this one – had like a lot of unique to men items. And it was stuff that, uh, you know, different men would like. I mean, no matter where you are on the scale of kind of what you enjoy. So I thought it was really interesting. Like I you mean, mean between yuppie and redneck? Well, probably a little more on yuppie from my, from my yeah. perspective. Uh, maybe not as much on redneck. You know, it's, it's like grooming goods and there's something for your – your a cooking tool for the you know out for your barbecue grill, so a lot of different stuff. There was some outdoor stuff. It looks pretty awesome to me. I think you should go check it out. Boxofawesome dot com is what it's called. Uh, basically, each box costs about uh, forty five bucks if you just put a value on it. They're going to give you seventy dollars worth if you if you go there now. Boxofawesome dot com and use Phil as your code, you get twenty percent off your first monthly box. So. Go check these guys out. I thought it was some really cool stuff. I think it's worth looking into. It's boxofawesome.com. Phil is your code at checkout, 20% off. Check it out. You know, I think what's what, – what, when I see this, when I read this story, I immediately think my number one thing, because this is in my speeches I give, is that God doesn't live in buildings. So when you go here and you see Jesus clearing out this group in the temple courts and people making a big deal about what was happening in the building. I get it. Cause I think about that Hebrews three where uh, Hebrews three, four says every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything, which I like. But then he goes on to say, and we are his house. And he, you know, he talks about those 
that have literally Christ indwelling. That's, that's Hebrews 3. Right. And the reason I'm bringing that up here is because he seems to make that analogy from a futuristic viewpoint when he clears them out and then the Jews come and they say, what miraculous sign, this is uh, John 2.18, can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Because they got offended. They're like, you're cleaning out the temple court. Well, who who are, do you think you are? Who are you? Oh, I And love by it. the way, that's going to be the first of many of those well, right. that we're going to see. And I love this. Jesus answered, destroyed this temple. And I will raise it again in three days. And the Jews replied, it's taken us 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? Puh. But the temple he had spoken of was his body. And so he made it, you know, he's housing the Holy Spirit. He's going to be resurrected. He's planting that seed. He, and that, ha- he that- has their their attention from the tables flying in every direction. Well, right. But then he said something to them, didn't answer the question, because they're like, okay, you went from a, a fit of rage to now insane. That's right. Yeah. Now we've made the connection. Right. Oh, well, you're crazy. You're crazy. That's because right. you're talking about raising the temple that took 46 years. Well, he was talking about his body, which is my point. Don't focus on this as, oh, what can I do in God's house, making a terrible translation to what happened here to a church building now. When well, the reason why actually, is because we no longer worship in temples. We now no we longer are the temple. We are the temple, which is actually the very point he made. Exactly. Here. Well, now you're getting into my sermon. Because okay. the thing about it is, I, what I want to say is, if if this made Jesus that angry, God, when he was because he didn't, he only got angry a few times. He was indignant when the when they wouldn't let the kids come to him. There's a, just a handful of times where he showed anger, mm-hmm. and the, when the Pharisees, you know, a couple of times he got into them pretty good. But so my point is, as a worshiper of my Lord, I want to know if this made him angry. I want to make sure that when I'm coming to him, mm-hmm. I want to do what he wants me to do. And so, if, so then you make those applications. So the allegory is in my own life, in my temple, what am I doing? And then there's some applications. Now can I make like this. So, so that's the like, route I'm yeah, going. Yeah, I like on that. And sometimes Jesus needs to come into your heart and clean house, do it's, some rearranging. That's exactly with right. Some whips. turn a few tables over. Something yeah. should make us angry. We talked about that before on the podcast. I mean, there are things going on in the culture, but what Some about things, things going you on need in me? To be angry you got to get mad about but it. But I think there's a point, Al. Most people want to say, yeah, well, I hope God, you know, comes to your house. That's right. They're always looking, you know, he needs to go down that church building <laughs> right. and clean that place yeah, up. Go but, start, start in the back of that foyer. There's but a then you're like, well, why don't, why don't you let him come into your house? Yeah. I'm talking about this house, the body. That's what I'm talking about. Well, then people, wait a minute here. Hang on. What it's are you like, trying to say? It's like years ago I heard a guy talking about the, the you know, it's easy to talk about politics. In the White House, the, the man in the White House, the man in the White House, he said, what I want to get to is the man in your house. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that's pretty good, you know. So, all right, let's take one last break and uh, and wrap this up. So, so what we're looking at here then is in the context of Jesus, this is something he did. You're right. The message that for, for them and anybody who was listening was, I'm going to come back. 
and and the temple that you guys are so into is going to be right here. And here's what's interesting, though, just to finish that thought. He says this, and then then it says after he in verse twenty two, after he was raised from the dead, his disciples recall what he said. So remember, they were watching it, but they didn't remember that. Oh, they never got it. They never got it. it. But then he comes over. back. But then listen to this. Then they believe the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. So it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Until Jesus came back from the dead, even though it's, who saw every miracle, everything Jesus did? You have to remember when they crucified him, they hit the road. That's right. All of them. Every one of them deserted him. Right. Well, then, then, then when he calls them back in, this is one of those times he said, yeah, now we're beginning to get it. We're putting it together now. That's exactly right. So, and then the last, this thing finishes up. This is now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, many people saw the signs he was performing. This is going to be the whole issue for Jesus' ministry, and believed in his name. But we know they didn't really believe in him because, like you said, at the end of the day, they weren't there. All of them mm-hmm. scattered, including his own disciples. So it took the resurrection. For people to finally say, "Okay, we're going to put our trust." Even into Peter, it. when in Matthew sixteen, in there, when Jesus said, "We're going up to Jerusalem," the chief priests and the Pharisees, oh, they're going to kill me. I'll be buried, but in three days, I'll I'll be raised from the dead. Exactly. Peter took him off on the side. He said, "Never. It's never going to happen to you." Exactly. The very thing that saved the world, Peter was against it. Right. Not knowing. He's fixing to pull this off here. That's right. So, you know, even even then, Al, it took more than the resurrection. I mean, even when he was resurrected, it took him appearing to them many times. Forty days. And it took him opening their minds. It took them uh, in their own lives an understanding of the scriptures. It's like when you read all the resurrection accounts, it wasn't just immediate. Right. I mean, they're like even Thomas, well, look you know, at Thomas. famous. He, yeah, but, yeah. But, but the other ones – you know, I mean, I think about why is that story about the road of Emmaus? Why is that even in? Well, you know, why did Jesus do that? It's a, it's kind of a strange thing. It is. He just picked two guys walking down the road who had hoped that Jesus was the Christ, right. but since he died, they said, "Well, no." Well, then Jesus just appears with them, and he, <laughs> you know, he was kept. He kept himself from being recognized. I'm not sure he did that, but. Well, when you have power over molecular oh, right. control. Yeah. And so then he has this conversation. Then the story is like really interesting. Then he's like, he was going on away from them, but they were like, hey, why don't you, you know, come eat with us? So then they're like eating at the table and he's serving them. And then all of a sudden it says he opened their hearts to understand. And remember, he. He kind of rebuked them, saying, you don't understand the scriptures, you know, about Luke Jesus. Luke 24, they thought he was a ghost. He said, a ghost doesn't have flesh and bones. You see, I have. Mm-hmm. He showed them his hands and his feet. They still did not believe it right? because of joy and amazement. He said, hey, you got anything here to eat? He's, he's showing them, I'm alive, and let's see, I'm hungry. Well, they gave him a piece of fish. He broke it, and he ate it in their presence. This is what I told you while I was still with you, he said. He goes back to reminding them. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. 
He told them he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Now look, that's what I, the they've same been running thing with him. He said in John too. They've yeah. been yeah. running with him for three years. Exactly. You say, did they did they get it yet? He, no, they don't. They don't have it yet. So he says, and he told them, this is what is written. He said, all these things had to be fulfilled. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Well, he told them that repeatedly. Right. But even when it happened, they hit the road. That's right. You said, well, I'd have stayed. Well, right. Pete, that's what Peter said. Well, look, I wanted to ask you all something. And he ends it up, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in the name to all nations that even reached all the way to America. Uh, all these years later, beginning in Jerusalem, Acts chapter 2, the Spirit come out. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father promised. Stay in the city until you clothe the eyes. So the Holy Spirit came upon them, and, and it took off, and it reached all the way over here to America, which is amazing. It, went, is it did go worldwide. But we always stop there, but I, I'm doing a, a lesson on worship and praising God because the next paragraph, which is the last one in Luke 24, it says, and I think this is an interesting image of God, and I think it applies to what we read in John 2 when he said the body he was talking about was it? I mean, the temple he was talking about was his body. So this is post-resurrection. It says, when he had led them out, verse 50, to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. So it gives you this visual image of Jesus, you know, with his hands Sorry, raised, hands blessing them. Look, and while, which is, by the way, if somebody says, why are you raising your hands? You can say, I'm trying to be like Jesus. <laughs> while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Now, watch the next phrase. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. So what I'm, my point was it took a lot for them to realize, okay, he – he is who he, he said he was. But one question I wanted to ask you before we go, because I know we have to. When they were having trouble believing him, you know, when at first he came through the walls that Phil read, it said they were startled and frightened thinking they saw a ghost. So the first reason they didn't believe is because of fear. Well, it can't be him as a ghost. But that next phrase is what I was curious about, because he said, look at my hands and my feet. But then when he said this, and you read this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe because of joy and amazement, that's what I was curious about. What do you think that meant? Read it again. It says, when he said this, which is, touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. He showed them his hands and feet. So now they're looking, and we always like, well, that's it, slam dunk. They believe. But actually it says, and and while they still did not believe it. It simply was a story that, 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 and they're still saying it today, it just seems too good to be true. Yeah, that's what I had concluded. But I was wondering if y'all had more, because it's like, even though. How can this be? Exactly. And it goes back to all the things we've talked about in previous podcasts about looking for these miraculous signs and, and you know, trying to have a sign to know that this is true. Somebody do I that, mean, and I'm there on the premises, and I saw him die. Well, you would think blood, it. And look, and then three days later, he's standing there saying, you know, give me some fish. He said, look, look, look where they stuck it, these spear, these spikes. And, and if I'm there with him, I, I'm looking at him and – well, I would see how you could have a little well, you're bewildered. anxiety there's about, two, is two this things. real? I, I, there was two I, things. One yeah. is you're bewildered because of everything that's happened. Number two is, remember, 
None of them, the Holy Spirit's not showed up yet for them. Because remember when he was leaving even, they were saying, when are you going to establish a kingdom? I mean, like, they still didn't get it. That's right. He's literally leaving the planet, and they're asking the wrong question. But everything changed for them when the Holy Spirit shows up in Acts 1. Because then all of a sudden they were changed men. So well, I think, and combined with the scriptures, right. and and that's why it I keep saying he opened their mind. You know, came together. You, it, yep. it, they thought back to what happened in John two. Remember when he cleared out those courts and he said, "Hey, you destroy this temple, I'll bring it back." Well, it's been a couple thousand years, but even to this day, you know, when you contemplate human beings dying, and three days later they literally are back from the dead. You're like, you know. It's powerful stuff. It's a, it's they make a, movies about stuff like it's this. It's a wild it's story. Way, it's way better than a movie. All right, we got to run. Uh, great stuff. So check it out, WFRChurch.org. You can see our sermons. You'll have to check out my sermon, see if I did this justice um, when I preach it uh, on the on the 9th so, or 8th, whatever that day is. See you guys later. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast. 